and welcome to the Glacially Musical podcast and video system. As my cats try to knock over my Les Paul, thank you very much. Normally they're not in the room, but they are here today because I don't want to chase them down. There's four of them. Anyway, it is Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical joined by my hero and bearded mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi Chakas. How are we doing today? There will be no higher praise than the Jedi Master himself. Hello there. Uh, I'm so I, I, I just want to say that I have only managed to live this long to see an Obi-Wan series. And after it's over, if I die, it's all good. I, I am very, very excited about that. Uh, okay, but, and, I'm sorry, I, I got a drink now. Beer check. I have uh, Founders Centennial IPA. It's been a long day. I got yelled at by my wife for not taking my mother-in-law to the take, bringing her back food from the fish fry, but I didn't want to do that, so I didn't do it. Anyway, uh, into the Cathedral Square Brewing glass. I believe they are defunct. Don't quote me. Oh, bad pour. Today has just been a lot. I know the feeling. Every day is a lot right now. In a great way or a terrible way, I don't know and I don't care. Uh, What else do we do? Um, Oh, yeah, vinyl check. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't beer check. I didn't let you know. No, no beer for go. me then. No, I mean, I cannot. No, go ahead. Whatever you want to do. You do you, I, I'll do me. I I'm going to have a couple. I feel like I haven't had this before, but I might have. I'm trying to work my way through all the Oscar blueses. I, you've, I've only had a handful of the Oscar blueses. And so this is the Thick Haze. It looks familiar. Like I've seen it before, but I don't know if I've, drink, I've had one. So I've I'm going to have this one. I've not had it. I am very much on record as being very anti-Haze beers. yeah. I will tell a quick 30-second story. There is a beer called the Warhammer by... I'm not going to say who it is because I don't remember for sure. I want to say it's Urban Chestnut. Might be for, it might be Four Hands, local brewery. Uh, it was a, the Warhammer double IPA. It's got like, you know, a dwarf's hammer on the front. It's like, looks like a heavy metal cover. It's awesome. I poured it out into my glass and I took a drink of it and it was so hazy and my heartburn was so bad. I thought I was having a heart attack. Whoa. I wasn't having a heart attack. It was just, it affected me that much. So I stopped. Uh, I had okay. I had a similar day. experience the other day where I thought I was like not having a heart attack, but I was having like high, like a anxiety attack slash high blood pressure slash heat stroke kind of moment. And Yikes. I wasn't happy about it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this is delicious. Again, I'm a big fan of Oscar Blues. The blue can Kolsch is my favorite. Uh, got, few... uh, I got a pale ale in the fridge. These are good, yeah. I had a double dale on the podcast before we went video a couple of weeks ago, and it was another delicious <laughs> IPA. As Jamie of Fistful of Doom says, I am very much uh, aligned with the IPAs. I am devoted to the IPAs. I feel like we botched that Jamie jamie's website the other pod oh we and, botched um, it hard i did not botch it today but fistful, fistful i was like it's fistful of something or I doom know. something terrible sorry it is terrible jamie. i haven't told him about this and he's having jamie's yet, so. good people and, very good people and i'm sorry the it, twitter is full of herbs and dickweeds like i know we're not trying to swear that much anymore even though it's beer metal and swearing and uh and vinyl Balls. but like a lot Look of Boulder, oh, I can't see, see anything because that's the yeah. Boulder Rangers are up two one on the Blues. Oh no way! Well, there's no bragging rights. My team is 
not good. So No, they're very good. They have the same record as we do. They've got one more point than the Blues. I don't feel like they're very good anymore. But um, they're, No, they're having a really great year. I wish they were Eric having Lundquist's a bad day. birthday is today, by the way. Yeah, and, number 40. Yeah. Big 4-0 for Henrik. Um, so, yeah, um, we could be doing better. But the beer check is good. What is your vinyl check, Nicholas? Uh, I've only got one this week. Uh, and I don't have a good story behind this one. Let's see. Mm. It is uh, Chasms by a band called Lysis. Okay. It's not, uh, it, it's some epic doom metal. It's got four tracks, which is, you know, my, my jam for doom metal is I want, as, as, uh, as when I interviewed uh, Steve from Klaus Taste Satanic, he, there was a show he did and his drummer said, well, that was our first song, and this is our last song. It was two 20-minute tracks. They had a 45-minute set. That's that's the joke about the uh, sun shows. If you go to sun mm-hmm. with the sun rays, man, sun, oh, to some people incorrectly, but like, yeah, literally, if you've ever seen them live or heard their music, one note, 25 minutes, good night. Uh-huh. Uh, Danny, my good friend Danny saw them, and he said it was the most obnoxiously loud concert he's ever seen. Everything about them is obnoxious. The sound, the robes, the smog, fog, whatever. It's like on they're trying to set a mood as the mood is unbearable. That's the mood. Like <laughs> and I like them, but like, oh my god. And I even photographed. I tried to I tried in vain to photograph them. It was brutal. Danny did uh Danny did a re- back when Danny used to write for Glacially Musical. He did a review of the Sun o- Sun O Sun Rays. I don't know what they're called. Sun, just Sun. sun? Okay, he yeah. d- he did a review of the Sun sh- a Sun show, and he said, "I apologize for these photos because this was difficult." Yeah, they, there's no way to photograph them. They're shrouded in darkness in the smog with like one color light that's like orange or yellow. Terrible for band orange photos. or yellow. Very nice. Terrible. Terrible for band photos, honestly. But as um, for Lysis, it's uh, quite a great record. If you, it's it's a very conventional, epic doom metal record. They're not gonna, they're not reinventing the wheel by any stretch. And I really don't remember why I picked that. I bought it off Discogs. Even it wasn't no shit. Like I found it in the wild and had to get it. Oh, Blues tied it up. All right, going to be slight updates as this goes on, and I apologize for that. Don't um, apologize, but yeah, I also don't. Um, this is hey, for the record, this is the most important blues game in the past two months, and I'm here okay. not watching it exactly. Okay, I'm just sorry, watching my phone click. Sorry, up. I'm taking a new way from oh, the it's game. It's all right, it's all right. One, one game out of 82. The blues place in the standings is set, nothing is going to change. They are seven games behind or 14 points behind the Colorado Avalanche. They're not going to bridge that gap. The Avalanche are going to get 60 wins this year at current at current rate of speed, which is insane. Yeah. And the Blues are never going to – they're not going to catch up. So they're going to be – they're in second place in the Central now, and they're going to be second place in the Central when the season is over. And then they're going to play probably Nashville or Minnesota in the first round. So, yeah. Mm. Well, all righty then. My vinyl check is is a purchase I did not need to make, but it was an impulse buy. I'm really not trying to do impulse buying. I'm really trying to watch my money. But sometimes sometimes you got to have something you need. And so in this case, I needed to have this record I already own, but it's not here near me. This is Gorilla Biscuits 
start today my favorite hardcore record of all time this is a reissue from revelation records on colored vinyl i believe it's yellow i have a copy of it in storage back east i don't have a copy of it here on the west i needed to have a copy of it <laughs> because it is like one of the few positive uplifting albums that i listened to and i was like i need to have this on vinyl and i was uh, impulsed by um is the price on here i just put it down oh so, i got that for only like ten dollars even i like to i i don't want i'm not trying to like embarrass or out anybody or make anyone listening or watching feel bad the reason i ask about how much these things are is because nick and i spent a lot of time talking about the relative cost expense and value of vinyl collecting and you know again it's not like these things are not going in a shelf to never be listened to we listen to them and so i do think it's important to ask how much did that cost you and again you know these are contrivances at the end of the day when there's a war going on in another part of the world where people are dying so like this is a luxury beer is a luxury good camaraderie and friendship is not in short supply but could be considered these are all luxuries and I'm grateful to do this. So Completely yeah, how much agree. was that? I, 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 that I had like 20 extra bucks to buy a vinyl I already own is obnoxious and I apologize. I have only mm. ever purchased one out. I've had three, three albums, two of them, two different copies of them. Robert Plant, I had two pressings, one that I found, one that was given to me by Duncan. Roger Waters' Radio Chaos, one that I found in the wild, and one that my friend Mike gave to me because he had a radio DJ copy that was sent to him when he was a DJ doing classic rock. And The Wall. Uh, I bought an original press of The Wall a number, a number of shows ago and really, really loved that one. But I am not in the habit of... And I gotta move my guitar so my cat doesn't knock it over um, they are devils they love to knock your shit over if they can't help it i don't need my les paul knocked over so you don't you really don't but uh, i have no problem discussing how much i spend on these um my wife and i've told this story before but at the christmas party for my office you know it's the first christmas party of my time there and the first thing one of my coworkers asks is does he really have as much vinyl as he says he does my wife's response was, yes, it's obnoxious. He has an entire wall, and the, both racks are filled, and he told me about the next one he's going to buy. And yes, I do spend too much money on vinyl and beer. Both of them, I'll say it. But nobody tells me not. Nobody tells me to stop. I, I'm told, because my, my wife is far better with running things, and I'm trying to get there and help her. But you know, I get told, stop it. Knock it off this week. Wait till, wait till next week. But I want people to know how much I spend because there is a vast disparity in how much I spend on music. You know, I bought the the Union record we talked about last week, and we'll talk about again another time, was $40 plus shipping. And to me, $40 is a hard number to go to for a record. You know, license... 10 bucks plus shipping. The one I got, um, uh, Becola, six bucks. You know, I, there are a lot of, and if you, if anyone has noticed as we've been going through these, I vacillate a lot between used and new. 
most of what I, it's about half and half. So that way I can bring my average. <clears throat> if I'm buying Becola and, you know, canned heat for 20 bucks, that's a lot better than me spending 60 bucks on one album. It, it, the average makes me feel better. I don't know if it actually does anything, but it makes me feel better. I understand. Hi, Goose. And my daughter's cat is now with me. All right. Want to meet him? Let's do this. We've we've had a few of the cats show up on the pods. This. Oh, hello. Goose. Yes, we met Goose before. Goose looks precious. He is. He is one of the nicest He also cats. rolled his eyes at you. You petted him. You petted him in a pleasing way under his chin, and he was like, ugh. He's not dark. a big fan of being petted. It seems like it. What he loves is to just sit with you and sit on you. Oh, okay. So body heat. Right. Nice body heat. Then, then Princess Leia is right here. We have met Princess Leia. No bikini. No bikini. Princess Leia is a stripey. That's Leia. Right. I call her Boo Boo. Okay. Like I said, the cats are in here today because I didn't feel like chasing them down. I'm sorry. That's, don't worry about it. So if I'm moving my head around a lot, it's because I'm trying to make sure my shit doesn't get knocked over because they're in a mood. Understood. Well, you know, the house is weird to them. There's missing energy. So, uh, you know, they're probably freaking out. Agreed. Where did the other humans go? I hate this. Well, the kid's back, but we were gone all night. We didn't get home oh. until it was about time for her to begin the wind down time. Okay. Work on her room. So, yeah, they've been lonely. They've been lonely. Mm. But uh, today is, of course, the next Chaser episode. And this was my idea. It wasn't kind of on purpose to do another Pink Floydy episode. We're going to do a series on Pink Floyd at some point in time. We, it would be too, I think it would be far too easy to do the big run. I think it would be more, so I want to find a more captivating Pink Floyd series than just saying, okay, we'll do Dark Side Through the Wall. That, yeah, I have very little. Not, not that I don't have interest in talking about my favorite albums of all time. Uh, and as we record this, yesterday was the 49th anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon. I imagine we'll still be doing this in a year and we will have to do a 50th anniversary Dark Side of the Moon episode. I do have an idea on um, an album like Dark Side or The Wall that I think is an interesting concept. I'll throw it out there. If anybody steals it, they steal it, whatever, I don't care. But a you know we do close listens of these albums. But I think we should do hyper-close listens. Like discuss, oh, they panned right here. What does that mean? That, I mean, that minuscule. We can nerd out hard. I mean, like, I think. I, I think that would probably, uh, we could probably do a series on one album. By yeah, going I, I don't think you could do deep. a run of albums that way. We could do one right. of each band or something. Um, I'm not, I'm not against it. Um so that ah, blues are up sorry wife yeah, that was quick jeez um anywho so yeah chaser episode pink floyd i mean we're gonna do pink Floyd two pink floyd files we're gonna do it's a lot happen. of pink floyd episodes they're gonna happen this is the journey um well, the first one we did we were supposed to have gone to see nick mason that week and it was canceled. crying and then this this particular month the month of february was going to be an amazing pink floyd month for me because Nick Mason, followed by the David Gilmore experience, which was a tribute band. I ended up not going because my 
my wife wanted to celebrate her anniversary that day. And I'm like, well, okay, I don't really care about this. And nobody's playing with me anyway. And then now what we are talking about today is it was a Christmas gift from my grandmother or not my, I'm sorry, my mother-in-law, my daughter's grandmother. And it was the St. Louis symphony orchestra performing the music of Pink Floyd. So the first question is probably, was there a vocalist? Yes, there was a vocalist. There was an entire rock band and the symphony. And then they also had a few other players. They had a saxophone player come out, of course. They did they had... have a huge bouffant mullet? No. No, he did not have a power Tragic. mullet. It's a po- that that is like the epic power mullet. That guy yeah. right now, if you're listening to this, pause it, Google Pink Floyd, delicate sound of thunder, watch money. And just watch that dude come out and you're just going to look at that mullet and go, well, one, I don't even know how mullets existed the next day after that guy did it. Because, I mean, that is the top. There's nobody that could come close to that. It's a super ultra power mullet. It's like the Voltron of mullets. Or that, no, that city, that city from Transformers. It was like that much power in the mullet when the, when the city. Cybertron? No, not Cybertron. There was a city that was a robot. It was like a city that transformed into a giant robot that was like the when the constructor cons would come together, the, a regular transformer was the size of like a human to them. And then, but when the city would get would transform, the constructor cons, a destructor was his name. I don't know whatever whatever they turned into would be the size of a human compared to this giant city. So that is how much power is in that dude's mullet. He is exponentially more mullety than anybody could ever be. He he found a source or a wig. I don't know. Done with the mullet. All right. But they also had a they had a, a couple backup singers, one guitar player, and some interesting star power. I've got my my playbill, which I was very happy with. So they had a special, now our, our normal musical director, Stefan Denev, was not there. This was a special show. And do, 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 trying to get to, there's a lot of stuff in here. Uh, Brent Havens was the director that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a Berkeley trained arranger and conductor. He has been on ABC, CBS, ABC Family, uh, ESPN, cartoons, worked with the Doobie Brothers, the Milwaukee Symphony, arranging and conducting the combined group for the Harley Davidson 100th anniversary party. Surprised an orchestra was involved in a Harley Davidson anything. Uh, Malaysian Philharmonic, the Royal Philharmonic, BBC Concert Orchestra in London. I mean, he's been around and he's, he's done some things. So that's who's conducting it. Now, okay. The man who did all of the vocals, except for the lead vocals on Great Gig in the Sky, is Justin Sargent. Do you know this name? I don't. He played Drew in the Broadway musical Rock of Ages. Okay. Uh, I don't know. He also played Peter Parker in Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. Turn Off the Dark. Oh, boy. Yes. Infamous, infamous Turn Off the Dark. He is from ex-urban, ex-urban, ex-urban St. Louis, Murfreesboro, Illinois, which is about three hours southwest of here. I feel like there's a college there. Uh, probably there's a lot of A sports there. college. 
Uh, you might be thinking of Carbondale. All right. Um, oh, like Southern Illinois? Yeah, Southern the, Illinois. The Salukis? Yep, Salukis. One of my coworkers from school there. Ask me how do I know that and why they are an awesome team. No. Okay. You can you can tell me, but I'm not going to ask. Um, a former New York Giant in one of their Super Bowl runs was a Saluki, Brandon mm. Jacobs, who helped defeat the evil Patriots gotcha. the first time. Uh, let's see. He was in Air Supply for a time. No way. He was in Jesus Christ Superstar, the NBC special. Nice. Okay. So this is... You've got a pedigree, you can say. Yeah, this is a real guy. You know, yeah. let's see. Um, Broadway singers are the legit shit. Like, Broadway, oh, yeah. music. if you don't like musicals, I understand if it's just not your thing. But, like, the talent is not in question. Correct. <clears throat> now, the rest of the band is not here. So I don't know any more information about them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you like to attack this? Let's talk about your general experiences, and okay. if I have questions, I'll come up with them because well, I wasn't the, there. We'll start off with the day, yeah, because we'll, we'll do this like we did Metall- the Metallica Chaser. So uh, it was just me and the kid. I was just going to wear a T-shirt because it's not a fancy show, and there were a lot of Pink Floyd T-shirts there, of course. And I saw a couple Roger Waters recent <clears> shirts, which I was happy to see, and I had FOMO because I didn't go like a jackass, but. Um, she wore her new dress okay. and looked like a teenager. So I had the dress nice. I wore a tie. I wore a tie. Black shirt and a tie. So we started off with going to the record store. Near the symphony, there is Music Record Shop, which is where I picked up last week's final check. Both the Roger Robert Plant solo record and the last Led Zeppelin album I needed. Put those in the car. And I was like, all right, let's go get dinner. So we went to wherever we go down to the entertainment district on North Grand Avenue, which which is where our premier Broadway uh, theater is, the Fox Theater, or the Sheldon Concert Hall, which I will be seeing Nico Case at this year. I've also seen Melissa Etheridge there and Patty Griffin. We will, or the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. It's all right in one spot. There's another theater being rehabbed at present as well. So it's a very, very fancy, it's, back from the golden age of Hollywood, the theater system. And these are all former movie theaters that have been converted into the, I believe the Fox holds about 5,000 and the symphony holds about 3,500. The Sheldon is very small. It's 500, but it's a gorgeous, gorgeous venue. But that's where the best steakhouse is. I had a delicious porterhouse. We stood in line for an hour to get to eat. Jeez. Mean Girls was playing at the Fox Theater that night. So there were, the symphony was got in, in action. The Fox was in action. There was probably something at the Sheldon. So it took a minute. But as always, the $21 porterhouse is always worth it. And I ate the whole thing and my potatoes. Delicious, delicious food. So then we went into the symphony and... I wish I could show you what the St. Louis Symphony is like. It is opulent. It is ornate. It is gauche, for lack of a better term. It is a wonderful venue. This is the second time this season I have been to the symphony. We also saw a Muppets Christmas Carol with the symphony playing the score. If you've never seen the symphony laughing when they're not playing, that's a good time. 
it was a good time. And I also, I really came away with a much better impression of Michael Caine's performance in that movie after seeing it in, uh, mm. in the symphony. He really, really did a great job. But Michael now, Caine, as, as we came in, I did break and do an, uh, an impression of Michael Caine. No? Cats are going. Cats are going. The cats are going to destroy your room and your guitars. And Michael Caine is not going to be there to console you. Okay, we're, 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 off, the, we're off that now. Go ahead. Sorry, uh, we got more views when we were salty, so I'm going to be saltier. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, but then, we, you know, we, we sat down, and what was nice about that is I am, to everything I go to, I'm terminally early, because I get so excited, I can't wait. So, oh, I'm terminally late, so we make a the good symphony, couple. The show was, uh, started at 7.30, we left the house at 5. All right, Jesus. The, well, I, had I mean, it included dinner. And a that record store. And a rat. So that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty good use of time. I mean, it was only a three-minute drive, but from where we live now. Okay. But, so, we sat down, looked at the bill going through it. I had my notebook to take notes just in case. Thankfully, on the playbill, it had the entire set list. As it always does. Mm. And, you know, classy stuff like that. That looks like a very long set list. It's uh, they played about two hours, including including the ten minute intermission. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, set one was the entirety of Dark Side of the Moon, and what I have said many times since then is, the Dark Side of the Moon never seemed so short as it did that night. It just whipped by. Mm. And truly, truly amazing. And now, I mean, if I can decipher my notes a little bit, uh, the first thing that happens is they're playing Speak to Me. You know, you got the, the synthy stuff starting off. And the conductor looks up and he goes, Oh, do you guys know this song? And then they went into it. And it was, I mean, full and amazing and then on into breathe which is breathe and time are probably my two favorite songs on this album i don't think that makes me special by any stretch of the imagination um on the run was interesting because it was just the drummer playing the hi-hat the entire time so you have this rock and roll drummer as it were being surrounded by the best musicians some of the best musicians in the world um, I don't know how many people know this, but Saint, the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra is legitimately a very prestigious orchestra. It is the second oldest orchestra in the entire nation. So probably that makes it the oldest on the west of the Mississippi. Hmm. Which is our, that's like our claim to fame. We're the oldest this or that on west of the Mississippi. I mean, granted, you know, we, we I can throw a rock and hit the Mississippi, but whatever. And so he, he had... 70 people watching him on the stage and it had to have been a little unnerving for him and but the everybody was just the all of the musicians were very much into it and it was really cool then they had you know that that whole thing business going on and then it goes into time and the the guitar player had all of the samples on a pedal board. 
and they didn't always use the same samples as they were on the albums. So they were using their own and time. I mean, there is nothing, nothing like time. I mean, that album is, or that song is just, just wonderful. The guitar player played uh, the solo there and it was amazing. True. I mean, note for note, it was as though he had a pedal to have David Gilmore sound. He had, he had the Gilmore sound, not the classic sound, but the modern sound, what you would hear like on Live at Pompeii or what he sounded like on Live at Live 8, which I thought was very fitting. Uh, there were no mentions of the 50th anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon, which I thought was interesting. It's next year. I'm, oh, okay. Well, that explains why they did not do that. I sound like a jackass. I'll drink to that. It's okay. No, it's not. It's not okay. It's fine. So, of course, next we go into my least favorite song on this album. Money. Oh, wait. Sorry. Sorry. I hadn't gotten there yet. I I screwed up. Uh, No, money. No, not money. Money's uh, track one side two. You got it wrong. We now go into the great big in the sky. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. My brain skipped ahead. I don't blame you. It skips ahead for me whenever the song comes up too on any. Oh, I've got it. I, love I don't song. like this one. I don't. I've never really liked it. But this version. What about it? it? Don't you like? I don't know. It's it's it rubs me the wrong way. I, I guess that's the best way. Of I've had people tell me they didn't like the vocals. The vocals are fine. It's a. I think the issue is for an album that is not, which for an album that is atypically not abstract this abstraction <laughs> this this real serious abstraction in the middle of everything feels weird yeah that's fair uh, that's the only thing i can think of but with the symphony filling out this sound and the woman they had singing this had a voice that could fill the hall mm. it was wonderfully beautiful it was spectacular and i whispered to the kid remind me to tell you the story about this song so i had to tell her the story on the way out the door as we all know claire tory sued and won against pink floyd for uh songwriting songwriting credits for this album or for this song you know do you own do you own a piece of the song if you did an original part if, if if your contribution to the song was so much that it changed the song from what it was originally. Should you get paid correctly, you should. So agreed. And a lot of bands paid for work for hire, and then you know the person felt like they owned the thing. Now this is not always the case, but in, in her case, particular case it though, is. she said, "What do you want me to do?" And they said, "Just whatever go at it. Do whatever you want. Right. Essentially, write something for this." Make it up yourself. That means you own it. Correct. That so, will not happen again. No. Glad to hear Claire Tory. Uh, yeah, good for her. You know. So then, you know, we would flip the record normally, but obviously we're not doing that. It's a symphony. We don't flip the symphony yet. <laughs> Although I do have, I do have St. Louis Symphony on vinyl from right. the seventies. And let's see. So now we go into money, and 
if we could hearken back to the power mullet, which I said I was not going to reference him, this is when the saxophone comes in. It's Scott Page, by the way. Scott Page is the power mullet guy. Let's call him by his real name. Scott I Page. don't call anybody by their real name. I don't call I you know. by your real name. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi Jack is. Go ahead, buddy. So, anyway, this is when, and this has nothing to do with Scott Page, but this is when the Pink the members of Pink Floyd went, oh my God, saxophones are the greatest thing in the world. And at that point, the saxophone became omnipresent on everything they've ever done since then. And I wish they'd knock it off a little bit or a lot of it. But it's fine when it's not all the time. They really badly copied early King Crimson on this concept. Like, it does work. And it works wonderfully. And again, some of the most iconic saxophone stuff of all time is in Pink Floyd in a band that doesn't have a regular sax player. But yeah, it's like you dialed in super hard. Um, it's it's like a death metal drummer only doing blast beats. <sighs> yes, too much. So, we go into money. Now, the thing about money was they did a dueling solo between the guitarist and the saxophonist. Okay. And, which is not in the song. I don't know if anybody knows these songs at all. Not at all. No. I don't know if anybody's ever heard this album. I mean, not many people <laughs> bought it. It's, so. it's sort of their unknown gem. Oh, no yeah. one's it's, ever it's, heard it. It's definitely a diamond in the Maybe world. someday it'll get on the charts, but you know, probably it's, not. It's the dark side of the moon because nobody can find it. Nobody's heard no. it. No. So, no dark side of the moon. It's all about. Speaking of dark side of the moon... Uh, Bendergate is over, and John Dima- jo- John John DiMaggio has signed to Futurama. Then, okay, I don't know what that was about. Oh, uh, you know Futurama? Did he do- yeah, it's re- yeah. It's he renewed. said no because he felt like they weren't being paid enough. He thought they lowballed them all. He's a dick. Anyway, but you know what? Uh, so is Bender. <laughs> so maybe it's method acting. Whatever. I need Bender. Uh, I need yes. proper Bender. Anyway, moving on. So it during that time when they were dueling solos they went off script a little bit Mm. so for about three or four seconds at a time we got to hear what these two players could do for real all right and it was like wow uh i kind of want to go see whatever you're doing next week now okay that's good then all right uh moving on into us and them and that that they they did a big uh, was it crescendo? A crescendo, a into into the, those those chords, those those. And I'm getting chills thinking about this moment. This was, I mean, I didn't pay for the ticket, but had I paid for the ticket, it would have been worth it for just that five seconds of the show, hmm. feeling the power of all those strings buttressing that very special guitar chord progression just that and then just mm, it was amazing truly amazing then any color you like you know another uh, instrumental on into brain damage and eclipse and let's see what did i write here i can't read it uh, I can tell you that it was really good. Um, 
I will say the at this point in time, I was noticing the vocalist more and more, Mr. Sargent. Uh, Justin, Justin, I was going to call him Josh. Justin Sargent, who was, I mean, absolutely spectacular, but he was not, he was neither a carbon copy of David nor Roger, which I don't know that anybody expected him to be. He kind of split them down the middle. I don't know how familiar he is with the source material personally. I just don't know. I, yeah, probably he's going to be, it's got to be a fan to a point to even want to do this. And I don't know if he did it last year or not. They have these shows pretty frequently. Uh, they've also got the, the music of Queen coming up, which I'm not going to do a demo. But so now we hit the intermission. And apart from the one sentence by the conductor, there's no, you know, there's no dialogue. There's no getting with the crowd. There's a little bit of, you know, clap, clap kind of thing, but no, no discussions. That changes in the second half. Hmm. The second half, they played. I'll just go ahead and read off the, 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 the titles. Uh, is there anybody out there? Hey, you, another brick in the wall, part two. I was giggling to myself the entire time. Are they going to, do they really mean another brick in the wall, part two? Or do they mean the happiest days of their lives and another brick in the wall? I mean, I was being that pedantic. No, they played just another brick in the wall, part two. They did not play happiest days of our lives. Hmm. Which seems like so a waste. Went, yeah, they went right into the. Yeah, yeah. It's right into that. <clears throat> Like literally, we don't need like started there. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. <clears throat> okay. On 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 on. Seems like a lost Keishi, opportunity. Yeah, I mean, on Keishi, they don't do that. Yeah, I mean, you I would always think, do the. I don't think anybody. I don't think most people know that that's two I, songs. I don't even think you really can have the middle two without one. Like, how can you? Yeah, I don't know. Basically, you need the whole song. Right. Basically, you know, you're eating your pudding. You're getting pudding without eating your meat. That's what that is, in my opinion. Literally. Okay. I mean, you know, choices, make them or don't. Go ahead. Correct. Then they go into Hey You. Random. I'm sorry. uh, Hey You. I I skipped a little bit on Hey You. Uh, Hey You. I could, with the, the worm, I could feel the worm in the strings. Hmm. I mean, I could feel the rumble, you know, what's the last line? And the worms ate into his brain. I could feel that coming. And I mean, it, again, getting chills. Things it's not quite, it's not the last line of the song, but it is a powerful line in the song. Yes. I don't remember lyrics. I, I, okay. Hey, you I'm, is my I'm, favorite I'm song on the wall. No making excuses. Hey, you is my favorite song on the wall. So I'm just pointing out. Great. Song. It's not the last line in the song. Go ahead. Fair enough. Then, then they go into an interesting choice. Mm. They, they did basically two suites in a row. They did the wall suite. And now what's the next? What suite? What album would you choose three tracks from? Wish You Were Here. That is or Animals. They, not what they did. Really? Don't say the final cut. Nope. Would have preferred that. Okay. Then I'm... A momentary lapse of reason. Bizarre. All right. Very Mm. bizarre. And I love that record, but no. So I'm guessing Dogs of War, Learning to Fly. No, not even. Learning to Fly. Signs of Life. Signs of Life. On the Turning Away. 
Oh, that's a good one. And that's good, good for one. an orchestra. Yes, worked very G well. G major. Mm-hmm. And then learning to fly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean I was how was it? Was it enjoyable? It was enjoyable. I do. I like a momentary lapse of reason more than division bell. Uh, yeah, that me too. Part of it is just pure nostalgia because that was the the first Pink Floyd albums I owned that were my own were mm. Relics and a momentary lapse of reason. Mm. It was much later that I got the Wall. So for a long time, those were the that was all the Pink Floyd I had. I didn't even have Dark Side of the Moon. This is back in the cassette era, for the record. Mm. And, you know, so I listened to, but I, I had heard The Wall, so I remembered it. So, you know, they have like another movie in Round and Round, part one and part two. That was very, to me, that was very reminiscent of Another Brick in the Wall, parts one, two, and three, and yes. stuff like that. You know, which is, you know, that is a Pink Floyd trope to break up their songs and, you know, get back. And they have like a mini song that's a bridge to other songs. Right. Um, I didn't know that yet Roger another movie part, part whatever. And, yeah. Uh, interesting yeah. tidbit from the, the Nick Mason book. The reason why Rick was not made a full member was because part of his is of when they got rid of him was he could never be a full member again. And if they That's made him a full brutal. member, they would get sued. That's brutal. God damn that it. Very um, Roger really, really was a dick. This um, is why I don't stand him as hard. I know, I know you I know. love him. He's brilliant. But I just don't. I'll support other things he's all about. But I'm not. Yeah, just. I know. You say what you want about David. He didn't hurt. He didn't hurt his friend. I agree. You know, in terms of humanity, David is a much better human. For sure. Um, so then we go on into comfortably numb. Nice, of course. Ex- expected. It is very expected, and another. I know the ex- it's the extended version of the solo, the seventy-eight minute version. Surprised it is. <laughs> surprised it wasn't the finale, as it needed to be. I was surprised mm-hmm. it wasn't the finale as well, because it is last, so popular. That is the last song listed on the set list. And then so, what did they do? An encore. They did an encore. So which orchestras never do? What is it, a traditional encore? That's a our, thing for- ours does really. That's a rock um, concert thing, straight up. When I saw the. The first show I went to with my in-laws, that was when we were when when my wife and I were dating. Just in terms of weeks, even we went to, we went to see a pops concert, and they the last thing they played was uh, a New Hope, the theme to a New Hope. That's cool. They they like that was the they they finished it off. They're like, we're gonna go ahead and play one more. Because one of the things that the symphonies do now is they play a lot of thematic music from movies mm. because that's where most of the classical composition is being done in modern day. We could do a whole episode on that because I'm I'm just baffled why there isn't like new com- classical composers popping up with symphonies and orchestras all the time. I'm sure there are, but we don't hear about them. I agree. And actually, that reminds <clears throat> me, before I get on to the encore, mm. Keefe sent me a link to a WKRP in Cincinnati thing. And I had actually watched it the night before. And it is uh, the Gordon, Gordon Jump. No, that was the name of the, that was the name of the actor. I forget the name of the, the, the Mr. Carlson. Mr. Carlson comes in on Johnny Dangerously. Fever. Pretending to sleep. Johnny Fever. I apologize. Dr. Johnny Fever. That's right. Because he was Johnny Monday until, until Andy Travis showed up. And then he went back to Dr. Johnny Fever. 
Right. He had to look at his mug to determine what his name was because he'd been on that many stations. But so he's he's got his legs up. He's listening to Dogs by Pink Floyd, which is a 37 and a half minute song. So he's getting his 17. But who's counting? Go ahead. It's a side. It, it is a side. It is a side back then. Yeah. So he's he's listening to this and pretending to be asleep. And Mr. Carlson comes in, tries to wake him up. And then as he puts his, as Mr. Carlson puts his hand over to the turntable, Johnny goes, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Right. He seems like he's out cold, but he's totally there with his dark sunglasses on. Howard Hessman just died, by the way. And um, that's why that, that's why that's making oh, the rounds. So he just passed that. away. Howard, Howard Hessman. I love WKRP. My first love, one of my first loves was radio. Same. I had a transistor one ear AM radio. And I listened to, and then it, and then I got like a better one that was AM and FM. And I listened so, random. It really only got a couple of stations, and I'll talk about that another time. But KRP was huge. Howard big, Hesman, big for me, big for me. Always playing like rock dudes, even though you know Doctor Johnny Fever. KRP was only on the air a few years, but um, Lonnie Anderson is from that show. Tim Reed is from that show. Oh, yeah. These are legends of comedy and acting. And then he went on, he was the bus driver in the uh, Rain Wilson film, The Rocker. He was in Head of the Class. Head of the Class. That's that's probably what more people listening to this will know him from. But KRP was like my religion for a while. Same, same, very much. And it was a really well done, beautiful show. They did a whole episode on the riot in Cincinnati for The Who. They did an episode on racism and black Mm -hmm. men being arrested for murder when there was nothing, Mm -hmm. you know. They took on a lot of heavy topics. They did. So, they re- for like randomly and awesome. Yes, correct. So, <clears throat> as John, Doctor Johnny Fever wakes up and he goes, "Huh, this is an interesting song." Do I hear dogs on the track? And he goes, "I do." <laughs> At which point he goes, "Ah, what's this orchestra called?" Pink Floyd. Now it. So that's what stuck with me. It's like, what's this orchestra called? Uh, anybody who remembers that show, Randy, Andy Travis, not Randy, Andy Travis becomes the new station manager. And on his first day, he takes it from a classical station back to, to a rock, rock station. Back, back to rock. And he really revitalizes the. There was actually a debate on the characters, like what format would they take? He was like, well, what does everyone else think? He already had his mind made up. They were going back to rock. But like, mm-hmm. he. Uh, the news guy wanted news. The sales guy wanted something else. Somebody else wanted something else. But I mean, seeing I mean, that, it, it that just set the mood for me because I saw that on Friday Friday before the show. What's this orchestra called? Right, Pink it was Floyd. like Pink yeah. Floyd. Oh, that's Pink Floyd. Oh, right. they got a song here called "Pigs on the Wing." Wonder what that sounds like. They got pigs in it. No. Yeah. Uh, pigs in different ones. That was, a, that was a love letter to Roger's girlfriend at the time. Or yeah, wife or whatever. Um. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so the encore. Oh right? yes. So the encore is, of course, "Wish You Were Here." Okay. Which it was beautiful. It was sublime. Sure. It was With wonderful. Some strings. And I'm like, okay, good, because I'm ready to go. These How did they? Cool. Uh, did they use a violin or a cello in place of the lap steel? Because that's what I would do. Uh, no, I don't remember. I, I can't speak to that. I don't, I don't remember. Okay. But, uh, it, it was a great way to end it. And the problem was that was not where they ended it. 
Oh, they kept going. They came back for one more, and the Rangers are up four to three now. So, the, no they, defense in this game. No, not much. They they came back for one more, which was "Run Like Hell," which you is like your least favorite song on the wall. It is. It's one it of is. my favorites, strictly because I always liked it. But then I got to perform it in my Pink Floyd cover band, and so it's, I got to do the right like the Roger High voice and the bass line is amazing to play fun live so i know you don't like it it's a great song it's not that i don't like it it's <clears throat> i feel like david has milked it and and i i get why he plays that at every show he does it's one of oh, his big co-writing credits on the wall it yeah. is a, it, in the movie it is a very significant scene it is a significant iconic guitar part I, what I really don't like about that song is the live version is way too long. They they milk it from like a three to four minute track to like ten. Yes. Um, doesn't need that. And two, a song about neo-Nazis going out and beating people up that are and killing people that are trying to get lucky in their back seat in the 70s doesn't work in a vacuum. I understand that, but I think like you got to keep in mind the themes of neo-fascism that are intrinsic to the wall. You can't be thrown out. Just can't be dismissed. Like Roger, I'm not it saying was, they should be dismissed as a one-off song. Randomly, it is a disconcerting. Exactly. Uh, if you understand Pink Floyd, that's not upsetting at all. You understand what Roger was trying I to convey. I don't like hearing the wall out of context. Like you're a nerd and you love Pink Floyd, like I do, and like. A lot of people hear The Wall one song at a time on radio. That was Hey You by Pink Floyd on WKC. That's it's, what happens. It's not WKC, it's KSHE. Whatever. This no, it's is not what whatever. WNBC. This is what happens, Pig Vomit, that <laughs> you, this is what happens. And it's not up to us. I'm going to say know, that, I'm going to say that here's, here's a little observational thing we can bring up another time run like hell's guitar sound is to david gilmore as two-handed tapping for eddie van halen is every other guitar player robbing him in the 80s okay agreed, except agreed and i'm not fighting that battle today so but many yes. bands have copied that run like hell guitar delay it's also on another brick in the wall whatever that guy's good to, to delay sound is i want that uh, I'm looking at you, The Edge of U2, one of the biggest hack bands of all time that's lame and copying and just garbage, straight I, up garbage. I, People I agree. That whose entire lives are revolve around U2. It's like a band that stole everything they ever made, basically. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm saying U2, the band. Oh, I thought we were not, talking about Kiss for a second. We're not talking about Kiss. Because you said yet. a band that stole everything they ever had. I the, band is, the band is you two. Fight me, internet. Fight me. I dare you. Um, but yes, I, I just... I, I, that, that... I mean, that's classic. And that is a... It's a statement riff. It's a statement sound. I get that. It, it's an important song. I... Like, the first time I saw the local Pink Floyd tribute, El Monstero, they... It was... That show was called Eclipse. They played most of Dark Side of the Moon. I don't believe they played it. I don't believe they played it front to back that, that show. Mm. And then we let, they play like 30 songs. I mean, those guys go. Mm. They love it. They go. The, they, they're basically El Monstero is their side hustle by doing a one month stand at the pageant, or a two week stand at the pageant. 
doing one show at the amphitheater where they get 15,000 people. They put on a big show. They do the whole thing. That's how they make music for a living. Their whole rest hmm. of the year is they do that. That's pretty good. It's, it's smart, I enjoyed I enjoyed playing in a Pink Floyd band. I had a lot of fun. Everybody I, wanted the wall. I did not want to do it. Halfway through that show, I said to my wife, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. And she's like, what? They're playing songs from the wall. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to hear the wall out of context. I don't want to hear it chopped up and out of order. It's been great. I'm ready to go. I've heard enough. I understand. I get it. That's I my thing, it. man. The but wall, most people hear the I wall. I know. I know, but I'm not most people. I am, Most people. The wall is my chicken soup for the soul. I understand. Here, so here, which says a lot of things about you. Here's a uh, disturbing. Here's here's a fun thing. Somebody tried to put. I so I made that dark side of the moon post released on this day. You see a lot of that on the ghost on Instagram. And somebody tried to burn me. I was like, "What is your favorite song on the record?" He's like, "Well, isn't it all one long song?" And I said, "Yes and no." It's tracked like one song, but even on your CD player, it's multiple tracks. And no one, no, it, it's, you know, it was hoping you would comment. It's, you hear time, you hear money, you hear us and them, you hear brain damage and eclipse. These are not, these are standalone songs understood to be part of the whole. Nights in White Satin is one track of Days of Future Past, but it's the one everyone knows. They don't know the rest mostly, real unless you're really a diehard Moody Blues fan or you're from the 70s and you remember FM radio, which is like nobody. Or laughter. Yo, if you man. remember laughter. Does anybody remember laughter? Does I don't anybody? think so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw that and I, I jokingly kind of referred to that later on Twitter and I said, you know, what's your favorite track? Side one. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your, so now I'm going to jump in and ask. So highlights of that whole show? Low lights, obviously run like hell. The low light. And, and any only, wall out of context, basically, is your low light. Uh, but what's your highlights? Of, the, the wall out of context, I mean, it's a completely unfair complaint. In fairness. It's an unfair complaint. But that The Wall is a very formative album for me. And that was a something... Lot of people. That was an album that I... Probably the first album I ever really dug into it is definitely the first album i ever had multiple versions of when i got my cd player in 1992 uh, i asked for the wall on cd and i was gifted roger waters the wall live in berlin of course i had no idea who roger waters was i was not a i was not a fan at that point i was somebody that wanted to become one had no idea i think eventually i learned but because of that, it's just, it, 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 that is one song for me. But that's, it's, it's a show. It's a story. It's not. So, you, with it, this, so what worked and what didn't and what, what was your, like, the peak of the show for you was what? There was no peak of the show. Okay. Really. I mean, it was, I know that's a cop-out answer and I'm sorry, but hearing one of the, I love hearing an album in its entirety. That is something I dig. So when they did Dark Side of the Moon, I've also got Pulse, which has Dark Side of the Moon front to back as well, followed by Wish You Were Here, of course, because, you know, Wish You Were Here is always at the end. But I really love that. And the symphony worked on all the songs. There was never, 
It wasn't like Metallica's first SM that didn't work. It wasn't like uh, Kiss's Symphony where they didn't even know what to do, so they only did it half the time. It it was a great work, but in but the symphony has been doing these kinds of things. The St. Louis Symphony Orchestra has been doing this kind of thing for a while, so they had practice. The okay. I mean, the, the only real low light is just "Run Like Hell," and that's the only low light. Of the Pink Floyd songs not played, what would you like to have heard or would like to hear in the future? Uh, high hopes. Good one. High hopes is a wonderful, amazing grandiose song about nothing come on there's they don't sing about anything on, on i mean uh, well i mean again it's a geopolitical conundrum that song is you know the bell and everything it's about the house of lords in, in england anyway um okay well i would have liked to have heard high hopes um just for the oddity of it several species of small furry animals gathered gathered together in a cave grooving with picked That'd have been pretty sweet. Uh, have a cigar would be really good, of course. That I could see that uh, chorus riff, beautifully done with a string section and maybe even horns. So does this orchestra have uh, like a oh, horn? Yeah. Were they also horns and They've woodwinds got, uh, and brass and? Oh yeah, the whole whole thing. They got they got the whole shebang of thing. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Astronomy Domini. That I Under was gonna say, overdrive. yeah. See, oh, the yeah, echoes and embryo Ooh. again are echoes favorites of mine. Would have been... Especially because it's lengthy, and I think it would really woodwinds would be really sweet on a cover of echoes because mm-hmm. of the nature of the tune, and maybe fearless because again, open tuning works really well with orchestration. Um, you know, it, yeah, I feel like I'm probably just gonna sit here and start naming off yeah of course long pink floyd tunes of course shine on you crazy diamond of course dogs of course sheep of course pigs i mean nothing from the final cut yet that you mentioned none of it it's not that good um sorry i'm gonna go with there it's just not South, okay fine southampton duck yeah that's fine um all right um I don't have an ending for this because we didn't really plan one, but uh, no, we totally any didn't. other further thoughts on this? Would you recommend this experience again for the yes. serious Floyd fan and the not serious Floyd fan? I would recommend this to everybody because they didn't, they, they didn't play any deep cuts, but they didn't need to. And I don't, mm. and I'm totally okay with that. You know, I'm not like walking out going, Oh man, they didn't play bike. Oh, Where's power talk Where's Grimble Grovel? Come on. You know, it's not like, Oh, come on. What about fight sequence from more? Vegetable Man. Vegetable. Oh, have you got it yet? They didn't they did not play <laughs> Have You Got It Yet. They didn't uh, play Have You Got It Yet. Damn it. Uh, they did not play anything from Adam Hart Mother. Alan's psychedelic breakfast. Somebody perfect. Somebody could have just Adam Hart Mother would have been a really good one. Because it, it be has good. a horn section in it already. That's also true. Uh, okay, I'm gonna shut up. Uh anything else this week? Oh, we should announce the new series. Okay, I think we haven't we, done that. We, we have yet to. It. It's your choice. To it. It. Uh, all right, then. Well, we are going to reflect on a portion of the career of the mighty, underrated, underappreciated, but wonderful Tin Lizzie or Thin Lizzie if you're not British or Irish. Um, 
I feel like this is one of the most important bands in my life. I'm just going to throw that out in the first right now. But at the same time, um, there's a lot to tackle, and we are going to approach tackling a portion of their heyday. Heyday. I think that's a very well said, yeah. Um, I realized that I am a lot better when... Like, Thin Lizzy is a band that I know and I like, but I don't love and I'm not an aficionado. I have there. I have Live and Dangerous. Love it. You know, I've had greatest hits. I've got a few other albums on in my iTunes that I've, you know, cobbled together over the years. Hmm. But I, if I have to, if we're doing two or three albums a week, I'm just not going to be good. So I want to be my best. And yeah. the there's no way to do like 10 weeks of Thin Lizzy <laughs> and they're not all, they're not all bangers. The first Thin Lizzy record is formative and they weren't quite there yet. I'm know a lot of heavy metalers love thunder and lightning, which is their official final album with Phil line it, but um, we're not going to quite get there. We're going to tackle a portion of albums, maybe four or five real key ones. There are going to be things left out and omitted. Don't get your panties in a bunch, everybody. Or your tidy whities we are we're gonna show some love i think it's an underrated band i know that most people in america only know the hit songs unlike led zeppelin that's, that's all the I average know. led zeppelin person can name a deep cut song probably even most right. people or black sabbath but most people don't only know the three or four big lizzie hits one is covered by metallica badly and i don't think good but um disagree glad the money is being put into pockets of people but don't care for it um, it was covered by Ace Fraley badly as well. Also, yeah, same band. Um, the band who has covered that song incredibly that you do not like is Mastodon. But that is another chat for another day. There will be someday a covers episode, Chaser, maybe the next oh, go around. Oh, that would be a good Chaser. we got to plan correctly for it because there's so many. But um, yeah, I have nothing else on this. I'm glad you shared this experience with us. I wish I had been there. I wish I wish I was there instead of wish you were here. And um, I wish you could have been there. It would have been, it would have been a lot yeah. of fun. I was, I was very happy to experience it with your daughter, of course. Yeah, that's sweet, and she's a, she's a fan too, so that's good. That's well, she good said thing. she liked it better than the albums, and what she hates okay. about Pink Floyd is the vocals. Yeah, well, mm. and I'm like, you don't like David Gilmore's vocals? I think I might. Need oh, to she stop. means Roger. Oh, just to get back at Dad, she means Roger. Uh, uh, I, I am, you know, it's the same I'm thing. Shut I know, up. I'm done. You got, I know people you've got to that sign off now. I know people that hate Megadeth, but acknowledge that they are a great band because Dave is not a great vocalist. So that is fine. I think he's making a face to you listening in podcast land. I'm not trying to insult the guy. No, you, have, just, to, you have to sign off now. You're just going to ramble. Okay, he's going to pout. I'm going to pout. This has been the Glacially Musical Podcast. I am your co-host, Keefe. Look me up at Ghost Cult Keefe on Instagram and Twitter. Please follow Nick and Glacially Musical across social media. Check out our other things. Like and Find subscribe. Us, like and subscribe. Pass it on to a friend. We have a lot of fun doing these things, nerding out on music. We think you will like it too. And again, this has been the Glacial Musical Podcast. It does not play in Peoria.